I'm not crying, you're crying, shut up. Hey there, Ruby fans, welcome to another episode of the Ruby After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Volume 5, Chapters 5 and 6, Necessary Sacrifice, and Known by Its Song. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I'm not crying. It's fine. I just have lots of tears in my eyes, unrelated to this situation. It's fine. I don't believe you. No, don't call me out on my blatant lies. <laughs> It'll just make me cry more. <laughs> we literally have a video of us crying on my YouTube channel. Uh, like, that went up today. Just one? <laughs> Most recently. There you go. <laughs> well, anyway, hey, Rooster Teeth fans. Uh, welcome back to the Ruby After Show. We're doing a double feature tonight like we used to back way... Way back when, Last when episodes season. were five minutes apiece. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, apologies in advance. We are going to have to th- zoom through some of this because um, because of the break last time but guys let's not waste any more time let me introduce my fantastic panel to my left mark donica hi i'm the uh, photoshopped remains of mark <laughs> Don- it just it feel it looks like i'm photoshopped behind this desk the cnn I'm, hologram mark i'm donica. really short uh, like i'm short in the chair so like having my arms up is like a kid at the adults table like i don't know it's weird so i'm just gonna be uh weird my arms are gonna be weirdly under the table uh, uh you can find me on twitter at mark donica also thank you to everybody who joined us at inventory full pt on twitch last week uh we streamed Ruby Grim Eclipse, the first part of it, and probably when we're gone for a Christmas break, we'll do the second part of it. So, you promise? Yeah, yeah. Yay! So, in, in case you missed it, if you want to see some fun uh, hijinks uh, with Megan, myself, and freaking contributor Stacey Shuttleworth, make sure you go to Inventory Full PT. Uh, it's in the highlights. We saved the whole thing. So, go check it out. There is some Ruby talk, but it's usually a lot of. There's a lot of Grim here. So And my computer froze. <laughs> yes. Oh, we lost Megan. I was in Colorado at the time. Yeah, good. So. <laughs> Speaking of, to Mark left the lovely katie cullen hi all my buddies i may or may not actually be here you'll never know you can follow me follow me all over the social medias at kiaxe that is k-i-a-x-e-t and to my roundabout left i'm megan salinas you guys can tweet at me at the mangwin that's t-h-e-m-e-n-g-u-i-n um guys be sure to follow patrick at p to the d's on twitter and stacy at stacy shuttles uh we are going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag r-w-b-y-a-b-t-v not the other way around <laughs> just so you guys know um, uh, and Katie's got you guys covered on the live chat. Uh, guys, I know that there's a lot to unpack with these two episodes. These two episodes were very, very exposition heavy. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and say let's go ahead and just start with Menagerie and kind of mm. break down what, what happened at Menagerie. Are we at all surprised that Blake and Son's endeavor wasn't super successful? No. We have a clipboard. Please sign up to fight a war that isn't yours. Yeah. Yeah. Having done the job with the clipboard before, that's that's never fun. That's never fun. Well, yeah. even if you're out in public and you see people with really good causes, no matter if it, if it's something that that you're invested in personally or not, like like the old Greenpeace or, or what have you, it's there's just one thing that they say or one way that they say it is like, oh, this is a bad decision. This yeah. is a bad idea. You're not. I understand what you're doing and I support it, but I can't support it more than just saying that I support it. Yeah, there uh, there are a lot of like I do not envy a lot of canvassers, and I had a I had a friend who was a canvasser as one of her part time jobs in college, and that is. T- 
taxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like even just doing like charity bake sales um, that I've done in the past, I'm like, oh man, it's exhausting trying to get people's attention to get them to buy goods to go to a good cause. Even that's exhausting. I can't imagine what it's like trying to get people to recruit people essentially to do a potentially violent protest. It's that- a militia. They're trying to make a militia. That's a little rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. And again, these are a whole bunch of people, like Blake says, that came here to get away from all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was really insightful getting to see um, a different side of Menagerie, because we've been at like marketplaces a little bit before, but we haven't really gotten to know the people of Menagerie outside of that kind of little press conference that we got to see. So that was kind of a, that was kind of cool. Um for me, a personal highlight, kind of getting to see the side of Menagerie, was getting to see a few different types of faunas, and we'll talk about one um, a little bit that later. guy. <laughs> but guys, there are swimming and flying faunas mm-hmm. types. Merfaunas. That is so cool. Yeah. If My Little Pony has taught us anything, you can make a creature out of anything. That's yep. the one thing that And I then you us. can make a toy out of it. Exactly. Yep. Marketing. Yep. Speaking of toys, yep. anybody see the new... Well, we won't talk about it a lot, but there's a new Ruby Chibi short that if you, in case you missed it, you should go check it out. I haven't watched it yet. It's Not really yet. fun. I'm so excited. It's an ad, but Our it's really fun. recording schedule has been interesting. Mm. It's a, it's literally a commercial. So it's, it's not necessarily an episode of Ruby Chibi as much as it is a commercial, but it's still they count it as an episode of Ruby Chibi. You know what? I'll yeah. take it. Mm. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but watch uh, it before you say that. Something, something. Nora discovers coffee. Yeah, yeah. Part two, essentially, it's part two of that episode. Oh goodness! Wow. Yeah. that sounds fantastic. So okay, let's let's talk about this. So yeah, their their sort of attempt to recruit people to this cause is not in any way successful. But one thing that we do get is some really great character development between Sun and Blake. Uh, Mark, let's go ahead and start with you. What did you think of this exchange that they had? Because I found it to be exceedingly endearing. Oh, very endearing. It's it's a lot of classic Sun. It's the way that we got to know Sun back in season two. Uh, season one, season two, yeah. God, it's this has been a long show. <laughs> not not references really long, but long. Um, but this is it's less of the. Eh, it's the same character, but as of late, it seems like we've been seeing a lot of the. Uh, the sillier side, and while it has, there has been a heart behind it. It's just been, it's it's less goofy and more endearing. And and it, this is a wonderful performance, both for the character and for the actor. I I liked the scene. It's it's nice to move away from comic relief for Sun, even though he's really good at it. And the kind of meet the parents thing that he's got going on with Gira is just a thing of wonder and glory. But I really appreciated this, and I loved the bit of the conversation about, have you ever met someone and they just embody a word for you? Because Mm -hmm. I am an English major and a words person, and I adore that sort of thing. And categorizing Adam as spite is just perfect. Yeah, I feel like that is an excellent word to describe him. Do you guys think that earnest is a good word for the sun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have, if you could pick different words that are air appropriate for, for Adam and Son, what would you pick? No, you're asking me to think. <laughs> That's more than one word. And air appropriate is also the problem <laughs> when we get to Adam. I can think of a few words for Adam, but none of them are air There's one that's air appropriate. Uh, it reminds me of, of a jack mule. Uh, and, 
Uh, so I'll say that. Uh, and and for Sun, just useless. No, I'm kidding. Um, Hot. Hot useless. Goof. Yeah. I decided to go with the one. Uh, yeah. Because it's it's Menagerie. Everybody's hot. Uh, hey, it's, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I, I think Ernest fits in pretty well. <coughs> yeah. And for Adam, I was initially thinking rage. And then when she said spite, it's like, nope, that's better. Now here's You a can qu- accomplish things out of spite, but it should not hmm. be your be-all and end-all. Now, here's a question. Blake assigned word uh one word descriptions to to her team what word do you think describes blake passionate passion's good um oh it just it was was so fleeting um no let's go with that kitty wins (laughs) i'm i feel like when she's at her lowest i feel like remorse is is a word that i would attribute to her but for the most part i like after this whole conversation i go with the word she originally attributed to adam which is justice mm. i feel like justice burns in her soul <laughs> and she's going to have like a great saiyan man esque costume <laughs> where she gets all ginyu forcey and yeah oh no i don't believe it god uh, <laughs> May, she might very well have a speech prepared for Elia, though. Okay, but Team Ruby is a Sentai squad. Sure. Like, sign me up. Yeah. Just sign me I up. Would Make watch that a that Ruby TV short. I don't even care. I need it. Jean, uh, Jean's the dork tech guy who's it's like the, the uh, Alpha 9 or Alpha 5. I can never remember. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Yeah, that one. I feel like he was 9 at one point, and I feel like they're different models. Several iterations yeah. of the same I Alpha. I think Alpha 5 was the first one. Though. He was. The OG. Uh, Invader Zim, yeah. <laughs> Um, but talking about this, um, it's the relationship between Sun and Blake that has basically made it so that Blake is not willing to give up on Lady Elia. Um, let's, uh, Katie, do you think that's a fruitless endeavor? I don't think so, especially given what we saw a little later in the episode. Like, I think there's still some part of Elia that's like, no, I don't really want to give up this friendship. No, she still means something to me. And then we're going to see that tested something awful. So, Mark, hmm. um, I I think there's a chance to save everybody. Really, I think there. Wh- whether how no matter how deep you will have to go for that, sometimes oh, this is really <laughs> dark. When it comes to a show like this and and a type of story like this that involves war, sometimes the way to save somebody is to end them. So when it comes Whoa. to so, so but when, that's that <laughs> I'm gonna I say save that, you from yourself. I'm going to say that when it come when it comes to somebody like Adam. When it comes to Elia, she hasn't she hasn't she's not past the point of no return. She's still she still has See look, it look weird and my arms are just extending. Um <laughs> but uh oh she What happened? Nothing. Something Ooh, something, unrelated, something unrelated. Something Ma- unrelated. Malacroma. Uh uh go go power ranger. R-N-J-R. Very nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Ilya's past saving. I think she still has a chance. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's it's weird to say. I don't feel like anybody is beyond redemption, but there's a choice there. And mm. Adam, I don't think would ever make the choice to be redeemed, or he's just so far in his delusion that he does, he feels like he's genuine. There's no right. redemption yeah. Adam, for Adam. There's no there's no redemption. The best the best villains he don't think that wronged. they're villains. Yeah, yeah. He's the hero of his story. He has been wronged, and the rest of the world needs to burn in retribution. Sure. You know who he reminds me of? And this is kind of crossing the rooster teeth streams a little bit, but uh, Shark Face. A little bit in terms, (laughs) 
in terms of just like that, uh, the you know, I I was wronged and everyone else needs to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cro- and and again, crossing the streams, you know who he reminds me of? Who? Space Kid. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you're going to have to explain We're that We're having some trouble with our Mark feed right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the hologram is on the fritz. That's me. <laughs> but, yeah, let's let's hey, talk. Space let's kid. dive into that. <laughs> let's dive into that. This is the, we're going to do some a deep dive into Camp Camp now. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but talking about Adam and Lady Ilya, we do get this mm-hmm. scene with Corsican Fennec um, having just received a message from Adam and basically imparting this knowledge on to Elia of like, hey, good news, some good news, Adam totally wants Blake alive, isn't that so great? Also, yeah, um, murder her family while you're at it. Other people, not as much, but Blake is coming alive, that's gonna be great! This is some full-on the greater good stuff here. Mm. And this... They scare me about as much as Adam scares me, but in very different reasons. Adam is the guy who would tie you to a chair and set the room on fire. These two would just poison you while having a nice conversation with you and watch you suffocate. Like, two very different ways of accomplishing murder, but you are just as dead. I don't think they're entirely ready. I don't think they're they're mustache twirlers quite yet. No, I think but they're, they're I th- snakes. I think that they're very much. Um, they still, much like Adam hasn't has way past and, and is right in his own mind. There's no redemption that he needs. I think that Corsican Fennec, they're still looking for that redemption, and they're they're willing to do anything for it. But they're they're still trying to do the. They still think that they're doing positive. They're not quite yeah. as far down as as Adam. I think once the war starts to break out, that they or if a war starts to break out, that they will immediately put their tail between their legs. Like we didn't mean for all of this to happen. See, it was for the greater good of the fun. Is just see, like that. I disagree completely. Mm-hmm. Like, and for those of you going, they're foxes. I know they're foxes. We're talking metaphorical snakes. What does the fox um, say? <laughs> awful, awful things. Evidently. But I think if if Adam is the Joffrey of this series, then these two are the little finger. They are the schemers. They are the manipulators. They are the string pullers behind the throne. They know exactly what they're doing, and they will regret nothing. Uh, We got a a reaction image already. (laughs) If you go to RWBYABTV, thank you, Malachroma. This is fine. This is fine. From from Fennec. I mean, having having the ears go down, too, was amazing. (laughs) That's pretty great. I I do think they know exactly what they're doing, and they're talking like Adam is a stopgap until they can find someone else, which he is, but they absolutely sanction this murder, and they are down for whatever, Mm -hmm. and they say it's for the greater good, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just want to keep someone in their control and run the show behind the throne. Sorry, that just made me think in their dating profile, they put down for whatever. Um, but I, 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 DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth. I see that. I see that as well. I, I definitely see that, and and I understand that. Um, if like the the thing that that got me thinking the way that I did was the way that after Ilya leaves and after everything leaves, when they're when they're back on with Adam, and he's just like. Dad sent me to my room early. I'm just totally steamed. And, and he's <laughs> freaking out. And they're like... Uh, and then he goes, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he does... Uh, 
the way that they react to him is is just like put trying to put uh, a cover on the pot that that's starting to boil over. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that there are definitely some things along Adam's way that they're willing to do, and others that they're not. I w- I wonder if they know that Ilya can't do it. Mm. I or or they think that Ilya won't be able to do it, and they're going to use that as a way to go. Adam Taurus was wrong, or whatever. They're like, or if this is way. a test of her loyalty. Sure, either way. I th- I feel like my big takeaway from this is that Ilya did know about Sienna Khan. That that first and foremost, mm-hmm. she did know. Um, if there was any question about that, that is out the window. Um, second of all, I kind of agree with your guys' assessment that they kind of view Adam more as a means to an end. Yeah. Because when when there there's the question of like, do we really think he's qualified? And it's like for now, mm-hmm. Adam is very much, as far as I can tell from their perspective, a for now plan. Looking at these two, I'm guessing, and maybe I'm wrong in making this assumption, but I'm guessing they are hedging their bets. I mean, they might be tied in more with Salem than we're, than we're aware. That is possible. Hmm. I again, maybe it's maybe that's just an assumption on my part. But the other thing is too. I think to to your point, I think what uh, about whether or not they think Ilya can do it, that I I agree. I feel like if it was just within her hands, they know that she can't murder Blake's family. And that's why they very much insisted, don't worry, we have our brothers and sisters there to help you. Isn't that going to be so great? So It's, it's going to be a mess It's murder. both testing her loyalty, but also very much a power play of, like, if you don't, there are going to be other people there who will, and they might end you too. So, hmm. I don't know. But yeah, uh, talking about this flying bonus, oh my gosh, guys, he had like demon wings. Uh, pretty cool. Yuma? Yeah. He was a bat faunus, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, Team Four Star guys are just doing all sorts of voices for, for Ruby um, this season and last season, and I am just adoring it. We'll get to more of that. But the bad news about finding out about this flying faunus, as cool as that is, is that Gira's messenger is now super dead. And we also find out that word about Sienna Khan's death hasn't necessarily reached everybody yet, and they want to prevent that information from getting to Menagerie for as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Now, again, maybe this is delving a little bit too much into predictions, but do we think members of Blake's family are going to be killed uh, before the season's out. It's possible, and the thought just makes me so sad. The only swerve that I can imagine them doing with... with, Well, I have an unimaginable swerve. Something that that I don't think will happen, but one that they could do that would just shock the world is Sun saving Gira's life at the cost of his own. Now, I don't think they'll do that, but I think that's possible to show, and I think that would do more for the menagerie cause than if Gira dies. And, and yeah, it it would, it would make Blake that much more of, of a, uh, of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Tra- tragic character, ah. uh, and and I, not to say that the death of, of either of her parents wouldn't make her a tragic character as well. But I, yeah, I, I think that having Gira lead the charge 
is important, but it would also make sense. Hey, this is the next generation of the phonics ha- faunus have have uh, uh, Blake and Son lead it. But that's the that's the only thing I can see apart from somebody clearly dying. Okay, there's. Uh we still got a lot to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, we not have a lot of time in which to do it. Let's go ahead and leave Menagerie and move on over to Oscar's training um, because he had this incredible scene with Ruby um, where she basically finally, uh, both of them kind of break, I don't want to say break down emotionally, but he has an emotional outburst and she actually gets a moment to kind of decompress and actually explain her feelings because We, ever since the end of Volume 3, she hasn't really had the chance to express her feelings much out loud to anybody outside of a letter she wrote to Yang. So, uh, (laughs) initial, we actually have um, a a person on Twitter, I'm going to look at the name, Um, Miraculous Corazon? (laughs) Yeah, Miraculous (laughs) Corazon. uh, Sent us a Tumblr theory about whether or not um, Oscar actually did that intentionally to see how Ruby would react. Like, he wasn't actually angry with her, or if he is scared, he's downplaying it. Um, but just to see what keeps her going. It was a well-put-together theory, but I'm not entirely certain that I buy it. Just because th- this is something people do. Aside from his conversations with Ospin, we haven't gotten any letters from Oscar. We haven't gotten his internal monologue as blatantly as we've gotten some other characters. So it's entirely possible that he's been sitting on this for a while, and it's only just now when Ruby, you know, says combat ready, obviously has this moment of, oh, oh, yeah, we screamed, there were noises, obviously has this moment where it hurts her and then keeps trying to push on, and that is the straw that breaks the camel's back for Oscar. Just like, how do you do this? How do you function? How do you work? What if it was an Oscar? Ah! <laughs> I know, right? What if it was Ozpin? I That thought crossed my but mind. we usually get the voice thing when that happens. And he knows that they know that they usually get the voice thing. We've, we've talked before on the show about Ozpin taking control when he wants. And, and yeah. not, to, not to say that it would, you know, that proves that he's an evil character, blah, 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 whatever. But, but he definitely needs to be in control of a situation. If, he, if these kids are going to f- fight a war for him, because uh, so far, as, we, as we'll find out, um, we don't have anybody else other than these kids... Uh, he needs to know that they're going to be ready and that that's one way or another that does take away a nice moment that we get with oscar and ruby but if we get a later reveal of hey uh hey remember that talk we had no (laughs) but that would have changed that would have been the conversation with Ozpin after the conversation with ruby would have been very different Mm -hmm. were that the case Had Oscar not initiated it, had Oscar not been present for that conversation, Mm -hmm. I think that little bit would have been very different. Okay. The, um, I I could see it going both of those ways. Honestly, I see all three being a possibility of it just being an emotional, you know, outburst or, you know, or it could very well have been an intentional move on Oscar's part because he and, he and Ozpin are very like-minded or I could also see 
um, Ozpin trying to make a point to Oscar, because we don't necessarily get all of their internal dialogues. It could have been him trying to make a point to Oscar and taking control of the wheel for a little bit. So it could be any one of those things. But uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's Ruby's desire to help people that keeps her moving forward. And... And, you know, in memory of her friends. And uh, when she said to keep moving forward, I may have cried a little. It's fine. That was rough. That was rough. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think, again, kind of uh, tied in with the theme of this entire season as a whole, you know, Volume 4 was all about loss. And Volume 5 is learning how to move on in spite of that loss. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the real-life story of the studio is very much tied in with that. Oh, absolutely. So, that was beautiful and heart-wrenching, but also, I think the characters needed it. Oh, Um, yeah. So, yeah, do we have any final comments on on that particular interaction before before we move on over to the bandits? I cried. (laughs) Murder. Yes, let's continue with the murder. There was a lot of murder in these episodes, or at least talk about it. <laughs> you know me, I always love talking about murder. Planned um, murder. So- <laughs> I'm learning a lot tonight. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about, um, I guess, a long overdue conversation with the mom of the year. Oh uh, my god, this woman, I... It's very hard to put a character in front of me where I immediately go, wow, I hate literally everything about you. But they've accomplished that with Raven. Because wow. Wow. Yeah, I I think there'll be more to talk about next week. (laughs) Neither of us have seen it yet. Yeah, I think there'll be more to talk about next week. I'm sure there will. But from, from the way that all of the characters and all of the, the situations have been presented to us so far. Of course, there's going to be there's going to be some stuff that we haven't been told, and it's a great story and character thing to go. Well, they haven't told you the whole story. <laughs> Sorry, that's my Raven. That's my Raven. It's not that great. My apologies. Uh, my apologies. Sounds uncanny, but, um, like Anna. <laughs> just like Anna Hall. Uh, that's what happened when I met her. At I, I said, "Pleasure to meet you." And she went, "Oh my god, did you?" I know I voiced Raven, but did you do any like pickups? Um, but uh, she did such a good job, though. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, the, she's the, excellent. All all of this is is really fantastic and and it left it leaves us all wondering well how much haven't they been told and and uh so much yang yang seems so defiant in in knowing what she knows uh and in in all of it knowing who raven is and the type of person that she is and the type of mom that she's been mm-hmm. i or think hasn't been or rather. hasn't been uh the lack thereof ha- Make, it makes sense to how Yang has been reacting. It makes sense. And uh, I think it was a, also a look into Weiss's relationship with her mother. Because we don't know it, but we can only tell from how she reacts to this stuff. Yeah, I think I think just looking at the way Weiss reacts to things, it says a lot about her relationship with her mom and a lot about her relationship with her sister, too. Um, tears? It's fine. Um, but my big question here is how much of this is Raven trying to be manipulative? Because we've seen she does have... 
I hate her, but you you can definitely <laughs> you know of I hate her. you know oh, yeah. she has her reasons. Not necessarily good reasons, but you know she has her reasons. And she's right. A lot of the truth has been conveniently left out for these girls. Um, you know, whether or not Ruby and Yang actually managed to pry is one is another thing, too. Like, it could be that, you know, Ty and Crow never mentioned anything because they didn't ask. But I feel like they probably asked some stuff. But, well, and this is also something that you don't want to throw on the backs of... 15 and 18 year olds like you're still a kid you're just barely an adult none of you are full-fledged huntsmen or huntresses yet like can we chill they haven't can we ex- chill a little bit sorry they, they haven't experienced enough to believe what could happen in front of their eyes that's yeah. why the talk last season about the brothers and about magic and about yeah. the sorcerer and the maidens and all that that's where they're like are you kidding me <laughs> like all of that stuff was hard to believe so it, it that makes sense that yeah. makes sense. Kind of interesting um, finding out that the ability to turn into birds, having that anamorph ability, <laughs> apparently, that, that that Raven views it more as like a curse that was done to her mm. as opposed to a gift bestowed. We don't know what sort of voodoo Ozpin worked to be able to get them to have that ability, but it's the way she uses uh, to display that magic is real, which is still a weird conversation for me because I'm like, aren't semblances magic? But that's neither here nor well, there. No, cause, well, that's the thing is they're presented, uh, they've always been presented as like a natural part of growing up. Uh, yeah, so, a known tenet of the universe. Magic yeah. isn't real. Well, no, it's, some, <laughs> yeah. it's something, uh, uh, it's something physical that happens. Yeah, so they, it, that sort of stuff has been explained. But the, uh, yeah, you have... You have limits on that. No, I can turn into a bird. I also think that that stuff would be a natural uh, progression for a world that has semblances, as well as a world that has half animal people. I, I don't th- mm. like. I don't. That wouldn't be like. Oh, so magic is real, uh. and that's why you turn into a bird. I need something. Your semblance could be turning into a bird. We don't know the limit of semblances yet. I Especially just, now that we know that they evolve. I just had a weird flash in my brain about Watts doing Frankenstein-esque experiments on faunus and people and animals. and Schnee family sent, goes back. It, it goes real back. chill oh, down I'm, my spine. I'm absolutely certain that he has if you're <laughs> going the Frankenstein route. Um, we, we were chatting about this a little bit in our reaction about wondering how the whole bird thing came about and whether or not it was something that was originally done for Crow and rebounded onto Raven because they're twins, because his semblance is bad luck, because of a connection, because of anything. So he could be like, yes, I wanted this. And she could be like, hell to the no. This was not supposed to occur. This season being, or these past two seasons being one of explaining the world, I figure it's sooner rather than later that we'll get some sort of an explanation. Yeah. And... I guess looking at Raven as a character and knowing that she and Crow initially enlisted in Beacon for the the sole purpose of learning how to kill Huntsman to the benefit of the bandits. Now, do we think at any given point in time Raven's mission changed? That she decided, yeah, I I am a part of Team Stark instead of the bandits. But then when finding out about the bigger picture, that's when she went, nope, I'd rather go back to being a big fish in a small pond and lead the bandits. Bye, everybody. I can't deal. I don't know. I've, I have no idea. I want some flashback episodes. Oh, God. I want some full-on Legend of Korra original um, Avatar 
give me two episodes that are just Team Stark focused. Let's do this. Let's go. Oz bloodbending. <laughs> oh, God! Just saying. Oh, no! oh, that went polite. <laughs> yes. Why not? Oz running some shadow games. I uh, just wanted to mention William Benson in chat saying, Dr. Watts equals Dr. Moreau. Oh, I mean Frankenstein and Moreau would be a terrifying like because we know that they like to combine characters oh, into God. or combine literary characters yeah. into one. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be so unsettling. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to go down that route. Um, and then but- we had a nice little um, Cam Griffin on chat gave us a screen cap of a Tumblr post. Just Raven, reason number two. Look what I can do. Turns into a bird. <laughs> Yang, what does that have to do with? No, 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 no. She She's has got a point. point. She's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you for that one. I will always go for a good Emperor's New Groove reference. <laughs> it is delightful. Um, but for me, I, I have a lot of questions because I'm wondering about how, whether or not, you know, Ty maybe changed her mind for a hot second, and if maybe that trust was betrayed by Summer. We don't know really anything about how that group interacted, how close they were, how and how all of these friendships and connections fell apart. Like, we really don't. So it could be that a lot of her animosity stems from Summer. We could don't. Be. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, it doesn't excuse being a terrible mother. Agreed. Yeah, Summer is still the gaping hole in our knowledge of Team Star. And also trying to use and knowledge a as a way to ground. manipulate mm-hmm. Yang Hopefully. into staying and being on her side. I, it's super gross. Jerk. Uh, so I would like to uh, concur with uh, Katie's assessment. Raven, a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hole. <laughs> Yeah, she's, no, she. God. Until we see more evidence to the contrary, she's an awful garbage she's person. A hole. She knows it though. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, well, when you show up again, I may not be as kind. Well, you weren't kind this time around. No. That's the thing that gives no. her a little bit of depth is this self awareness, and it's funny because even though they're in a tent away from the eyes of the rest of her, the rest of her troops, with the exception of Spring being right outside. She still feels like she's giving this performance. Mm-hmm. Like she still has to be this leader who who takes charge and is the one doling out the information to inform you, you simpleton. Uh, I but she is self-aware, yeah, which gives her a little bit of depth and but at the end of the day, like regardless of how she feels about the type of mother that she is, she's still also super a murderer. Like Pillaging villages, murderer. <laughs> not again. Not really qualifying for mom of the year. Um, no. And again, until we see contra- evidence to the contrary, I think yeah, a hole is a good way of categorizing her. Yeah, and again, I'll, I'll answer all your questions vaguely and unhelpfully, and then dangle the carrot in front of you while I give you what you want. Like, oh well, you can get all the answers if you stay here, or you can go to your uncle. Like. What a dick move. (laughs) But it's also kind of, uh, and we do need to move on, but I will say that it's also kind of interesting hearing her thoughts on Salem when we know Salem is looking at her as a player on the board. Even though Raven very much wants to stay out of it, she's a player on the board, a potential asset or threat. So Salem's got her eye on her regardless of what Raven wants to do. Mm. Yeah. Kind of interesting. 
Um, okay, let's go, speed. let's go ahead and speed through Crow's sort of subplot, which was... Princess Ponies in chat says, what is with shows and their shiros going missing? <laughs> God bless the Voltron fans watching this episode and going, oh, no, not again. Someone I, get a clone I mean to film. A bit. They're, they're at Haven Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> they're in, they're in hospital. hospital. And, yep, I'm sure Shiro will show up with a robot arm and he'll be great. Mm-hmm. Um, We've so already got somebody with a robot arm. <laughs> oh, no! There's yeah, he's a clone! Hashtag oh, no! a clone! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's confirmed. Mm. All right, so oh, Crow on, is searching all of his contacts for uh, for potential huntsmen who will help them try to, I guess, retrieve the Spring Maiden, if I'm remembering correctly? Yeah, yeah, I think that was what they were planning to do. Make a stand on the bandit camp. And Which, good luck, everybody. All of his contacts, for one reason or another, are either missing or straight up dead. Most of them are considered missing. And I want to know what did you guys think was more heartbreaking, the bartender or the now single dad? The tiny child. And yeah. now I'm sitting here wondering how many of them were killed by the Knucklevy? Oh, if like they sent them out to deal with that, I, I don't know. Or even well, just they ran afoul of it nearby. If you looked mm-hmm. at a lot of the the numbers on the board, a lot of them had been several weeks prior. How long has it been since Beacon fell? And we we know like like I think Shiro it said he's been missing. Or, like the the mission was in progress like five weeks prior. So like again, time is it's a little bit hard to keep track. We know it's been weeks, but I. It's, I don't know, it's hard. We know that as... <laughs> Malachroma yes. does it again. Hashtag RWBYABTV. Pick it a bartender. Delightful, uh, because Nick Landis, a.k.a. Lanny Pator, did the voice of the bartender, and it and he used his piccolo voice, which made me oh so happy. He puts the knife through the door, and all I can think of is, Dodge! <laughs> um, yeah, and it was spectacular. And for me, I liked both both of those little elements, but I think I liked the bar story a little bit better, um, just because it... It said a lot about Shiro's relationship with both Crow and the bartender. And, it like, looking at Crow look at the, the board with all the huntsmen, it reminded me a lot of that scene from The Incredibles when Mr. Incredible realizes mm. how just how many supers are dead. All my friends gone. are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make sure to go to, uh, on Twitter, uh, Jeff, uh, G underscore OFF 2886, uh, left a DeviantArt about Crow seeing... Ruby and Yang in the little girl asking if mommy has come home yet. And, and, um, yeah. please clap. Yes! Please clap in chat says, I think Watts might be messing with the mission board and sending people into traps. Sure. I mean, that's entirely possible too since the communication towers are down. The White Fang mentioned that they control communication flows. It's not that hard to assume that Watts wouldn't, would be, wouldn't be manipulating things as well. I feel like that's a really good theory. Um, but as his mission uh, or attempt to try to find Huntsman sort of fizzles out and doesn't really amount to much, he does happen to get reunited with his with his niece and brings them home. And guys, okay, okay, Mark, we'll go with you. How did you feel when you got to see the reunion? Happy. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, just because we're low on time, just yeah. like it was, it was a wonderful moment that happened a lot sooner than I expected. But then I remembered we're six episodes in, so yeah, yeah. 
Fantastic. Katie, tears. I yeah, <laughs> video proof of my tears. Um, I love that it was just Crow's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, and he just had this, and then there's you moment with the portal opening up, and just that nice little subversion of expectations for him. It's like, oh, today has been terrible, but this is nice. This is good. Hi, you're a person I actually wanted to see. Uh, Malachroma says, I like to imagine Crow's semblance kicks in and Yang just crashed right into him. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be amazing. That's the that's the the cutaway that we didn't get to see. Hashtag um, approved. Show me that blooper reel. I I really liked again seeing Ruby when when face to face with her sister. She just becomes a child again. I think the the Weiss one got me more than mm-hmm. than the Yang one did. Both mm-hmm. both were yeah, yeah all of it because again you uh, it says a lot about Weiss's relationship with her own family members um, and how important this found family has become mm-hmm. to all of them. Come all here right. and let us love you. So, uh, guys, that just about wraps it up. Let's go ahead and talk about iTunes really quick. So really quick, uh, we are not gonna, We got three new reviews. Thank you so much. We are out of time, so we're not going to read them this week. We're going to read them next week. But if you want to be read on the show, make sure to go to iTunes. Just look up Rooster Teeth Reviews. Leave us a, leave us a review there. Uh, stars, five stars. Uh, the other stars don't work, obviously, so you have to leave five anyway. Um, but we will read your, your review. Uh, if you are in another country, it will not post on our page, so please take a screenshot. Send it to us using the, co- the, the code, the hashtag uh, RWBYABTV. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who has rated the new podcast. It's how Helping us show up a little bit more frequently, but thank you to everybody who has reviewed it so far. We will read these ones next week, as well as anybody else that leaves one, so please do. But we also want to talk to you guys really quick, not only about iTunes, but about a special project that uh, Rooster Teeth star and also a friend of our show is putting on. So really quickly, uh, uh, Samantha Ireland, if you don't know yet, on Twitter, at Ireland underscore Sam, she is doing a uh, crowdfunding campaign for a short film that is going to be primarily staffed and cast uh, by female professionals, whether those actors or technicians. Uh, She is writing it. The description is, in 1897 in West Texas, an elderly woman and her granddaughter encounter a dangerous stranger who is seeking revenge. In one fateful night, they must all come to to face the wolves that walk among them and the ones inside themselves. She's not looking for a lot. She's looking for 11,000, which isn't that much for a short film, uh, and every little bit helps. Just head on over there. Uh, and for Rooster Teeth fans, she is doing... There is one where if you donate, I believe, $75, uh, you can get a uh, voicemail message either from Nora or as the fi- Flower Scouts uh, <laughs> from Camp Camp. So uh, if you don't just do it for Sam, which you should anyway because she's an amazing person and a wonderful creative, uh, do it for that. Be a selfish Rooster Teeth fan and pay somebody to, to say something for you in a character voice. Uh, support <laughs> support independent films. Support women in films. Support women independent filmmaking. Uh, head over to her Twitter for more information. Yeah, and uh, again, my voicemail. Leave <laughs> a message. Again, guys, I got yeah. chills listening to that description. The crowd—it's day two currently of the crowdfunding, so please go and support this movie. I need it. They're almost a quarter of the way through after t- after two days in, which is huge for a project like that. Yeah, yeah. and so keep uh, supporting. Please, please, please do. Um, okay, do we have time really quick for rapid-fire no, predictions? No, we don't. Curses. It is past 8 o'clock. Curses. All right, guys. Well, sadly, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you all so, so much for watching. Katie, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can follow me all over the social medias and on YouTube and Twitch at Kiajet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want to see Megan's and my reaction to these episodes, those are up there. We actually just put up the video for the uh, episodes 5 and 6 reactions earlier this evening so wander over there check it out 
Things are awesome. Hologram of Mark. Where can they go to find you? <laughs> you can find, uh, find me on Twitter at Mark Bidonica, uh, Twitch uh, at uh, Inventory Full PT. That's where you can find uh, most of us, uh, three fifths of us, uh, <laughs> playing uh, Ruby Grim Eclipse. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Stacy and I we stream there regularly. It's a video game talk show, and uh, we just made affiliate, which is absolutely fantastic. We got more stuff coming uh, from there. So please support us if you have Amazon Prime. You can subscribe for absolutely free. Uh, so use your Twitch Prime sub- subscription on us, and we will we won't disappoint you. Thank you for putting up with me also last week. And we got to get you a controller new... and yeah. a headset. I know. <laughs> so you don't hear me like constantly pounding the, the little thing on my computer. <laughs> Sorry. You need a mouse. <laughs> I do indeed. Um, but again, don't forget to follow Stacy at Stacy Shuttles and uh, Patrick at P to the D's. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Minguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz. I write articles for the movie chick. That's Chick with two K's. Be sure to check the. Uh, that out and be sure to also check out the Shadow Radio Recreation Season 2 where I do the voice of Margot Lane thank you guys so so much for watching we will see you all next time from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.